Welcome to Very Good Television Podcast from IndieWire. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzled on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And we're going to try something different this week. Uh, basically, Ben and I haven't really talked at all this week because we've been trapped in that hotel ballroom. We haven't been sitting next to each other. I mean, we're like at most four feet away from each other. At any given time. But, <laughs> but yeah. most of that time, it's restricted. Like other people are talking on a stage, so we're not allowed to talk. Yes. So we're going to see what happens if Ben and I just talk. And we're also going to fulfill one of Ben's dearest dreams, which is for us to put a time limit on our podcasts. So right now, we're just going to talk for 20 minutes about whatever the hell we want. Also, I think this forums is a really good test as to who listens to the podcast right. and if anybody's ever going to respond. Because the only thing I've ever heard whenever I'm like, God, I wish our podcast were shorter, was people say, no, I wish it was longer. Or right. they lead by saying, I wish your podcast was longer. And I'm like, no, no, it no, no. It is no. our number one complaint is that people think we don't talk enough, which, yeah, which is, is insane. insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what if we would have hit the hit the button right when we both said insane? Oh, that would have been really... That would have been really good. Well, we both didn't hit the button when we both said insane. So that's still... That's pretty good. Still drift... Compatible. Nailed it. Nailed it. Hate All right, movie. <laughs> you really do. All right, but we've got twenty minutes on the clock. Uh, we're gonna hit it. One, two, three. Now. There we go. Twenty minutes. How's it going, Ben? I mean, it's great, Liz. It's uh, divorce premiere week and crashing premiere week, and I'm sure there's other shows that came out this week, but those are the ones I liked. Mm-hmm. So. Pretty good. How are you? I mean, I'm okay. Cover, you know, it's like I feel like I'm in this weird place right now where uh, all the shows I'm covering are just kind of like happening on a weekly basis. So it's just like, especially with, like with Star Trek Discovery, it's become this pattern of Tuesday I'll get the email from them like, "Do you want early access to this Sunday's episode because something crazy happens and you might want to talk to somebody involved?" And then. I've been saying yes, and so this Sunday something crazy is happening, and I've I talked I've talked to the person involved, and so that'll be able to run that night. But it's like I feel like it, basically I'm just like writing something and posting it every day, and then just keeping up with TCAs. That's right, we're still at TCAs, folks. We're almost through. As That's you listen to this, it'll be te- basically the last real day of TCAs, uh, followed by two days of PBS, which will be a nice break, and then we're back to the regular swing of things, except for Ben, who has to go to Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> All this is extremely accurate and why this week's podcast is a little weirder than normal. Yes. Also, we literally were sitting here for 15 minutes and could not come up with ideas that we liked. Technically, like we, we had a lot of good ideas. We just didn't use them. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the, I think the one thing we were going to maybe discuss was the fact that uh, basically springboarding off the fact that today, as you listen to, as we record this, it's Friday. And I had some fun times on Twitter today because I... Uh, Stars was presenting its panels, uh, and in its in his opening remarks, the CEO of Stars said, "Oh yeah, American Gods, totally fine. Neil Gaiman's gonna show on that bitch." And so I tweeted, "Hey, is Neil Ga- is does is Neil Gaiman aware of this fact?" <laughs> I don't know if Chris Albrecht, the president of Stars, said. Neil Gaiman's going to show run that bitch, <laughs> but I do prefer that version of events. So continue. It was more he said he said that Neil Gaiman would take a more traditional role in being involved with the show, mm-hmm. um, and he would also work with a show running partner to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted this, and Neil Gaiman, because uh, he was t- I tagged him in the post, like was like, 
Uh, that is news to me because I'm uh, not in because I I remember tweet twitterings he'd done earlier, basically like back in December when the news of Brian Fuller and Michael Green leaving American Gods was first announced. I remembered him saying like. I don't want to showrun that. I want to showrun Good Omens, the show he is currently working on for Amazon Amazon and, the, and BBC. But he has no interest in doing, uh, actually being a proper full showrunner because it's a lot of work and he wants to write novels the way he, you know, used to all the time. So Yeah, just talk to Noah Hawley about, you know, running, showrunning two shows and writing novels and, you know, producing and managing all these other projects it's it's a it's a lot to just accept to just be like yeah i want that that's that's appealing to me right um so neil gaiman uh neil gaiman did did tweet at me basically in reply we went back and forth a little bit he clarified that he'll basically it sounds like he'll basically be involved if they find a new showrunner he will not be it and if they move forward with it uh They'll basically bring up, you know, if they, he'll they'll, he'll be involved to the same degree he was involved when Brian Fuller and Michael Green are running the show. Like he'll be consultant, he'll you know advise that sort of thing. So, yeah, basically they, but he will not be a proper showrunner. So the idea we had was maybe talking about like what it means to be a proper showrunner. But then we, Ben did what he usually does, which is say I don't think we could talk about that for 20 minutes or more and so we tabled it but, but now but now i get to tell the story right. at least but and now that story which is which is a, a pretty interesting development in and of itself because of kind of how all of the interactivity worked out like there's there's a presentation at the tca panel to a room full of journalists um liz picks up on the fact because she's been sticking very you've been sticking pretty closely to the show like you know what's going on with the show yeah um, and you are you've had multiple conversations with a lot of the people involved in it um, and then you know the, the tweet goes out the, the comment is made and like there's all this stuff that's that's kind of swirling around American gods which is an interesting thing and in, into it into and up to, into itself because like I mean I think didn't he start his presentation Chris Albrecht the, the stars president by saying that Julian Anderson is leaving a lot of things lately and that she's was, like, it was it, it was in response to the question about like because that was the first question he got was you know what's what's up with American Gods especially with the casting changes yeah and he he did in fact crack a joke about how Julian Anderson is leaving a lot of things yeah and that's the thing like I mean American Gods season two seems like it's a very long way off like we're not going to very. see that thing for a while I mean it, did they say 2019 yet or is it just they kind of, they said like they, as late as 2020 like Jesus I think Christ. like I think it's just like 18 it could be up to 18 months like just because yeah. you have to find a cat find a find a showrunner and they, that showrunner has to now pick up whatever Brian Fuller or Michael Green are doing and then find their own spin on it so that's like and then stars tends to take its time a little bit like I think they aren't afraid of like you know not they, I, I don't they don't they don't seem like they're super rushing a lot of stuff through production well they follow they, they I mean he HBO or Chris Albert comes from HBO, so he has kind of an HBO mentality about that sort of thing, which is good. But, um, but what's interesting to me is is that it's going to be a long time before we see it. We are learning a lot of facts about it now. Right. The first season when it hit was a a pretty big deal in terms of prestige TV because of everybody who was involved in it. But now a lot of those people have left, so it's like a. Is there going to be sustained interest in a second season after Brian Fuller, Michael Green, Gillian Anderson, all these people have left the show mm-hmm. and are not going to come back for season two? There's going to be a new kind of creative direction it's going in. Neil Gaiman is uh, involved, but 
he's also you know shepherding another project which we'll probably see before I mean, basically, Good Omens is supposed to premiere, I'm guessing, Q1 2019. So around, I'm hoping yeah. Q1. Honestly, I'm, I'm annoyed by the fact I have to wait until 2019 at this sure. stage. Well, yeah, it seems like everything's 2019, which is weird considering we just started this year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those shows where it wasn't it, – it didn't really have the impact that a lot of people had hoped in terms of, like, the awards – contention mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't break down the door and announce itself in a way that i think stars really wanted it to even though by all other metrics it was a pretty successful series um so kind of the idea of, of this long wait and experiencing this kind of new cycle right now for something we're not going to see for a long time um I, I don't know if that's just part of today's day and age where um a lot of timetables are shifting and a lot of people are moving around and everything's a little bit looser, even when it's a, a coveted and important property to multiple parties involved. Um, but I mean, it, it feels very strange. It felt very strange to me, I should say, that we ended up spending as much time as we did talking about American Gods at this morning's stars panel when it's not going to be out for a really long time. And, <laughs> and there are other shows out there. And it's like, this is all very interesting to me and very important, and I, I don't dispute the news value of it. It's just one of those things where I kind of take a try to take a step back and look at it. I'm like, this is a weird phenomenon we're experiencing. Like, I'm the guy who's happy not to talk about Game of Thrones, you know, because it's not happening right now. Slash, even when it is happening, I'm not, I don't need to talk about it. Um, but is American Gods on that level? Like, are we going to start talking about these shows that are just kind of hanging out there no matter what because we never know when... Uh, a revival could happen, or we never know when the next season's coming, or we never know exactly when something's going to kick into gear. There's just, it, it's, it's, maybe it's just the onslaught of all this news at TCAs, but all of these kind of weird development ideas are, are rummaging around in my head. Well, uh, approx- approximately three or four times every day, um, something will happen on that stage or get, get an announcement, and I, I will basically like kind of stare blankly at it like, is that news? Is that news? Like where I think like our own Steve Green is having this uh, thought process right now because uh, he was prepared for Hank Azaria to say some stuff about the character of Apu on The mm. Simpsons, and so I we I think we literally left him um, basically trying to figure out whether or not Hank Azaria's comments, which kind of closely match comments he made back in December already, like is that is it worth posting them again essentially? Uh, yeah, and that's that's another one that's that's you know again right on topic and right something that keeps surfacing again and again. There's been at least three news cycles that have covered the fact that Jillian Anderson is not coming back to the X Files, and it was yeah, capped all off. Get sadder and sadder. No, exactly, exactly, and it was it was capped off by the TCA panel <coughs> the X Files had, where we were on the Fox lot and talking to you know Jillian Anderson, Duchovny, and the producers, and um, you know somebody brought it up, and she was just again adamantly saying, "When nope, you say this what somebody, you mean like eight different people?" Yeah, well, I I was <laughs> starting with. Uh, let's again remain unnamed source uh, brought it up asked the question she answered it and then it just kept coming back up again because it's it's like there's not enough of there's not enough times you can hear that quote or in different versions to see that quote to make it more concrete in in today's day and age it's like you have to have it uh, drilled into your head to some degree to even start believing that it was true. Like we we talked about it already. We had a whole podcast about we did a whole why podcast. Jillian Anderson is is probably going to come back, or at least it seems too early to the say X-Files she's can't gone. can't continue without her. And that was the main argument. Even if she does leave, like it, it should just be done like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, like now it it feels different. Even though we've heard it three times, the third time was different than the first time. And it is it's sadder every time because it's more real. But it also shouldn't take 
as many questions and, and news cycles and whatever. Well, I think I think there's there's a couple of factors with that one. Uh, basically, the biggest the biggest issue uh, with that X Files panel uh, was that. Uh, if you were paying, hopefully anyone's coverage of it includes the fact that Chris Carter was not there. He was yeah. having, he's, he lives in mudslide country, I believe. So yeah, was, hopefully he's he okay. Hopefully he's okay. Him and wish, his family. Do not, do not wish any ill will physically towards Chris Carter. Uh, yet. Uh, I still haven't seen the season finale. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Too um, soon, Liz. Too soon. Yeah, no. But seriously, I'll, I'll do I'll, I'll best wishes towards Chris and his family. I'm sure they're fine. They, 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 I mean. Yeah. We haven't heard anything, which is good news. So Indeed. Uh, but the reason it's worth mentioning is uh, that Chris Carter wasn't there is that it's a very simple equation. Chris Carter says he will not make the X-Files without Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson says she will not make more X-Files. Ergo, Chris Carter will not make any more X-Files. Um, and so that's the equation that's been very clearly laid out. But it's been a little bit wobbly, and that's why if Chris Carter had been there to basically confirm it, like lock it down, like he said on Reddit, he would the, the X Files to him is Mulder and Scully. That could, is not the same as saying the X Files is David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. So that's why yeah. we, we get into these very like you know we just want firm facts. And yeah, also, but- also by the way, everyone, everyone on the planet. Anyone who comes into TCA is a liar, and they are just going to tell you what you want to think. And I'm tired. I'm so tired of press conferences. Well, no, that's, that's the other side of it. It's like we we do want the finality. Like hearing Anderson say what she said was she was, was very clear. Was very clear, and that's something that we appreciate both as reporters and I assume readers appreciate because clarity is the most important thing these days. And you know that that's all that's all very well and good and unto itself. But it's still like it again. It feels weird. We're so focused on that idea. We're so like all of the questions were geared around that concept of the future and more and more and more questions and more and more demand that you know that we see or at least I see online, you know, via the stories we write and via social media, circle around kind of future stuff because people want to get excited and they want to build up expectations and they want to talk about what's next. And the X Files, meanwhile, is in the middle of its second revival season, and by middle I mean second episode. Like two episodes have aired. Why aren't we talking more about what's coming and what's happening this season? Why aren't there more discussions about, okay, Gillian Anderson's quitting, but is she quitting because it's bad now? Like, and again, I, I'm, I've seen three episodes. Liz has seen five. I trust Liz, especially after, I, I trust Liz no matter what when it comes to the X Files. But I'm, I'm. I, Good man. It, it's hard to understand. <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's hard to pull a molder and say, I believe. It's more of, I want to believe after you watch that premiere. You're like, oh my God, this cannot get better. But it does. Um, but it, it it's weird that a lot of the conversation these days is geared around what's next, even before you take the time to truly appreciate what's in front of you or at least talk about what's in front of you. Like the there's the Netflix series, it's the end of the fucking world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's very much billed as a series. It is an adaptation of a comic that had a definitive ending and they approached that ending a little differently on the Netflix show. But uh, I mean, most of what people are talking about and even a lot of the early reviews were focused on, I hope this is the end or is there going to be more? Like that's the question that people ask. And it's natural to ask that when you reach the end of something, which is why, you know, a Netflix series which ends, you know, which you can binge in four hours or three hours in the case of this thing, um, you're going to be you're gonna be quicker to the question of what's next than other shows uh, like The X-Files, which is in the middle of its run. But um, 
but it's weird. Like a lot of it is focused on that future concept, and it's 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 it feels rushed to me. You know, again, I, we did this last week. I'm the old man yelling at clouds, telling us to slow down a lot, and this right. again feels like a well, consideration of that. Here's what I think it is: is honestly that like 10, 15 years ago with TV, it was much more is much more black and white. Like you had a TV show; it was either a miniseries. Or it was a TV show that had many seasons, or you hoped it had many seasons. You'd hit, you, you know, you'd be, you'd start making your show. You, you get picked up in May. You, you, you know, you'd find out you're making your TV. You, you're okay. Going through the whole timeline, you sell your script in in January. You get, uh, you get greenlit to a pilot. You make your pilot in March. You, in May, you find out, hey, the network's going to make your TV show. You start writing your TV show. Summer, sometime in the summer, you start making, shooting your TV show. Your show premieres sometime in September. Your TV show runs, you, you're in production on your TV show from September to the following March. Sometime in there, either A, you've been canceled, B, you found out that you've been renewed, C, you are hearing things from the network, but it could go either way. But usually you have your answer by March that you're, whether or not you're going home or not, or you find out in May. Point is, there's a life cycle there there's a clear timeline and it makes sense and now we live in this weird insane like mix em up sees universe where a show like big little lies can win the goddamn golden globe for best limited series and next year it'll be competing is in the drama category unless they really try to sell the idea that it's not season two like and in, in, in fact the award shows are creating start um, harsher rules or stricter rules for what actually constitutes a limited series. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think it's one thing. I think the awards argument is a little different because then you're talking about competition. I'm and just using it as one example. No, I, I completely like. I, I get where you're coming from, and it's one of those things where, to me, I just don't. I understand and I appreciate the idea of of endings, and I I love endings perhaps more than some other people who are in television. Um, but I'm definitely on the other side of things when it comes to stuff like Big Little Lies. I'm on the other side of things when it comes to things like it's the end of the fucking world. I'm on the other side of things when it comes to even something like the X-Files. I agree that it should end if Scully's gone. Right. Um, but when it comes to something like Big Little Lies where the creators are all back and they want to do something, they want to make more, then that's a good thing. Let I have- them do it. And we shouldn't worry that much about... You know, well, they said it was over. It's like, well, okay, but things change. And that's what yeah. it all boils down to that we've been discussing this whole time. Things change. And you can get a finite answer right now. You can get a final answer. And that's good. And it's 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 clear. And you understand where they are. But, you know, maybe Duchovny had it right when he answered. And he was just like, I don't know. Maybe that's always the best answer. It's no. never satisfying. But maybe that's the truest thing you could say. No, and I, I'm totally, I have no problem whatsoever with them making more TV. If in three years, it turns out Gillian Anderson was like, yeah, you know, what the hell? I'll do another, I'll do another X-Files series. Yeah. I will not complain. My point is simply that that's why there's a new obsession with knowing what's going on because there's so many different ways it can go. And there no and, and one of the things that's been kind of taken off the networks is the idea of having to give firm answers. They're able to be a lot more a lot more wibbly wobbly on it. Well maybe that's what maybe that's what I'm gonna boil down to, I guess. It's like we already know that everything can come back. We yeah. live in a world where Will and Grace is on T V right now. Right. We live in a world where uh, a one day at a time reboot is is one of Netflix's best shows. Like, I mean, it, it anything can happen. And we know that there's always a, a 1% chance of, of something, if not more so, that it, that it can come back. So I'd, I'd, 
all of this talk about things that are so far away, it's it's interesting and it's compelling. And naturally, you want to know what's next. You want to know when it's finalized. And you want to be kind of early on the tip or involved in the industry enough to kind of be part of those conversations. But it's like, let's not let's not lose sight of what's in front of us. Let's not forget about the things that are actually happening right now. Because if we are still in the golden age of TV, which I think we are, mm-hmm. then, you know, there's things to appreciate. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I think we're trying to do it. We're doing a decent job of doing it ourselves. It's just there's always something coming up, always something on the horizon. Yeah, yeah and it's it is you know definitely something that hits you square in the face when you're at the, something like the TCAs where it's all they're about talking the about yeah, and they're, it's all about the future. There's definitely things that are happening right now though too. Like the things that happen today in the news cycle could drive the questions in the room. And then the, the show that doesn't come out for six months, we're talking about it right now because the actor or the producer can answer a question about whatever the fuck is going on in today's headlines. Yeah. So it's like there's a weird kind of um, you know, coalescence of these things, and uh, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the thing. Maybe I'm just, just grasping at straws on zero sleep trying to figure out you know, what the hell's going on in TV. And why people are obsessed with what they're obsessed with. Yeah, that reminds me. And who's me. driving that obsession? Is it me? Is it you? Is it all of us? Is it natural? Is it unnatural? Should I don't True know. Detective ended at season one? Yes. Should it be a weekly season? Like, just keep watching it weekly? Don't binge it? Yes. <laughs> Should all shows be binged? Should no shows be binged? Oh, yeah, we're doing great. Um, that reminds me, I need to... Did I tell you that I did actually do as... Uh, I, Bill requested, and when I interviewed Brendan Fraser, I asked him if he'd seen The Mummy. What did he say? He's The new Mummy. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's our time. Never mind. Never know the answer to what Brendan Fraser said until Liz prints it. Yep, which I will do soon. <laughs> You've got to answer the question. Okay. He says he says his sons, his boys really like it. Really? They really like the, the, last, the, the new Mummy. Because of Tom Cruise? I, I did not press him on exactly why. He just, it, but I did ask him if they have seen his mummy. Um, and he answered that they hold their nose. But he, I think they have seen it. Interesting. But they would prefer, they prefer Tom Cruise as the mummy. <laughs> I, I, I do not I know. know their respective ages. They're so. the only ones. <laughs> like even me. Like, I love, yeah, to, I love TC. <laughs> TC. I still got to make that gif. The best I love part. BF. BF is the best. He's such a sweetheart. Can't think of another person with initials of BF right now, but sure. I would have made Brian that Ford. joke. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> Tired people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liz. Yeah. What was the best thing you watched last week? The best thing I watched last week, Ben. I'm not going to lie to you. Was something that happened on the TCA stage. Oh God. <laughs> yep. I think both of us have picked best things that are going to piss the not piss the other one off, but are just going to believe the other one completely alienated. Yes. Um. <laughs> Mine will leave the world alienated. <laughs> oh, good lord! The best thing I saw was um, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I've seen enough to know like a couple of the characters and enjoy some of their quirks. Wrestling is a, is really something you have to enjoy for the quirks, like the weird character moments and things that happen. And so, on a NBC Universal Day, uh, they had a panel devoted to WWE Raw, which is celebrating. I think it's like. 30th or millionth episode or whatever. Um, 30th year or millionth episode or something. It's also worth noting that 
they had a panel for WWE Raw, but they there was no panel for the Olympics. Yes, <laughs> that was their priorities are in place. Exactly. Um, uh, they did show some Olympics footage, but they had they took like no questions. Right. Um, so there's this tag team group in the WWE called the New Day, and it is worth googling them. And watching clips on YouTube because they are so great. They're they're just they're these three men who wear their these beautiful white and pink and blue uh, leotards, and they come dancing out, shouting, "It's a new day!" And they just dance and they dance for a twerk for you. And then and then and they didn't bring their trombone, but they have a trombone that they play during the actual uh, during actual events. And they all believe in the power of positivity and unicorn power. And so in like their spirit animals, a unicorn, and sometimes they'll run around on their, with their with a with their finger pointed up on their forehead to be a unicorn horn. And so it was just me and Steve in the ballroom at that point. I just kind of died laughing <laughs> with just joy, like pure joy. It was just like it was it'd been a really long you know, drawn out day. I was feeling really low. I think there was something that it, oh the uh, the Citizen Rose panel had been right before, and it really pissed me off because I oh, feel yeah. like yeah, like because yeah. it had been that was, that was there was some there was some there were some annoying things that happened during that panel, and I was feeling very grumpy. And the new day came and gave me new life. So <laughs> thank you to the new day of the WWE, a network that I do not support in any way financially or necessarily with my eyeballs even, but every once in a while they do something that makes me really happy. Someday I will tell the st- I, I, I will probably rant at Ben for five minutes about the character of Blue Pants and you will just sit there and you will take it and <laughs> then we'll move on with our lives. Well, you just you just supported them in a big way, Liz. So I think they'll be they'll be very happy with you if in terms of you know. I mean, the, as the new day, I'm sure listens actively to this podcast. I'm sure there's. Well, I I would argue that it's probably even more important that they and their contingent aren't necessarily a, an immediate part of our fan base or or a, one of the you know pillars of our fan base, so to speak, because you're expanding their brand to a bigger audience. So I I would love for more. People. I had no idea who the fuck they were. So yeah, but they're great. I love them. Um, Ben, what was the next? What was the best thing you saw last week? Oh dear lord! Well, Liz, this there's as you discussed the new day, a lot of commonalities in terms of what we're talking about sprang to mind um, because you found solace uh, inside joy. Um, yeah, joy, joy. I mean, you you found a, a reprieve from from the 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 hardship of work and life, and you know, post holiday. Uh, you know, non-relaxation. You found that through work. Yeah, here at the TCAs. Um, I made a decision that I'm paying for now because I have so much work to do. I made a decision earlier in the week to seek out that joy outside of the TCAs because I I needed it. I was like, I'd I'd hit that point. And this usually happens happens before the TCAs start. I usually take the last night before TCAs and I go to a movie because it's like, has nothing to do with work. I love movies. It's two hours. I'm done. Right. I feel great. I I had to do it. I, I didn't get to do it before the TCAs. I had to do it during the TCAs. And I was like, I gotta go see it. I gotta see a movie. I need I need like just a, a a burst of life. I need some joy. I need something that's just meant to showcase everything that's good in the world. I'm getting really worried here. I saw the greatest showman. <laughs> I loved it. 
Why do you think? I loved it, Liz. You, you, you said that was going to get you fired. Didn't we write a positive review? Well, I, yes. No, I completely agree with David Ehrlich's uh, beautiful review. I'd actually bump it up. I think he gave it a B minus. I'd give it a B plus. Uh, but it, that does not convey the personal adoration that I have for it. That would just be a professional. Right. Et cetera. But uh, the reason it would get me fired, Liz, is I, I can't I can't talk about it. I, it's just. Is it Zac Efron related? No. You know me and you know how much time I have. Yeah. And you know. I delight in wasting as much of it as possible. You you know the things that I have seen and the things that I haven't seen. Oh yes, yeah. So I chose to see something that I, that I think the IndieWire brand would frown upon greatly. You saw instead of you still haven't seen the Last Jedi, haven't haven't you? No comment. <laughs> oh my God, you still haven't seen the Last Jedi. Don't tell Justin. Oh my God, I'm telling Justin. Don't you dare. I'm going to tell Justin when I call him to ask him if he will do a Romy and Michelle's high school reunion reunion. Well, he'll say yes to one thing, and then he'll find out what I did, and he'll be like, I will never do a favor for IndieWire again. <sighs> so I'm sorry I cost you that. It's okay. Anyway, The Greatest Showman is wonderful. <laughs> I listened to the soundtrack before I saw it, which I never do. It was like, I just want to hear Hugh Jackman oh singing God. right now. So I turn it on. I was like, this is actually pretty good. So then I like, I kind of got into it. And then I was like, I got to go see it. And then I'm in the theater. And I'm sitting there like stomping. And I'm like Googling to see if they're going to do a sing-along version so I can go back and sing along with it. Oh my God. It is extraordinary. It's so much fun. It's joy personified. And they're all so committed to it. And most importantly, Liz... Something that a lot of people overlook, especially in modern musicals, they use the music to advance the storyline. That is an absolute key to making a successful musical, especially one where it's basically wall-to-wall music. So many ones these days don't do that. They repeat stuff in dialogue. They slow everything down for a song. The world stops, and they just get redundant, and it slows it. This is momentum, like, all the way through. And it was just the burst of life that I needed. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. So um, I know everybody really wanted to hear about that on a TV podcast. So well, I perhaps, talked about professional wrestlers, Ben. But they were technically on TV. Yeah. It's they a were stretch. They were part of our TCA panel. So that's, you know, kind of legitimate. Uh, but what's the next thing you're looking forward to? The next thing I'm looking forward to is more screener work. Hello. Hi. We'll hold off. Sorry. No, it's no, all right. Sorry. It's an easy. No, 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 please. Where it's an easy cut. Don't worry about it. Feed it to me again. Sorry, I'll leave in two seconds. No, please, take your time. Mm. It takes to do the time. Oh, thank you. Liz, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Well, Benjamin. The next thing I'm looking forward to is, in fact, work-related television viewing. Uh, but I am looking forward to uh, getting to watch the first two episodes of Unreal Season 3. Yeah. Um, Cheery. Back in action. Zimmer. Getting it. Yep. I'm actually I'm actually rewatching like, while doing emails and other things, uh, Season 1, hmm. which is still so good. Season 1's great. And so I'm going to get... I'm, in a perfect world, I'll get through Season 2 before I have to sit down with Season 3. And I I feel like it's important to rewatch season two because it it's was on Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah, both both seasons are on Hulu, and season two was 
not as good as season one is a very easy thing for me to say right now. Whether or not it was actually awful is another question. Like, I, I, I people were really turned off by some elements of it. I know I had some issues with a, a couple of big things. Yeah, there were mistakes. I don't think I'd call it awful. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's kind of, it's an interesting show, and this might be a bigger think piece type deal down the line, but I feel like there are a couple of shows out there that take a lot of pride in burning through insane amounts of plot in a very short period of time. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is currently really proving its ability to do that. Uh, they have done a lot in the last two episodes, Benjamin. Sweet. They've done a lot. It's been a lot to deal with. Had to write a lot of things. Um, but, you know, it's a lot. Anyways, point is, uh, I'm very curious to see how season three compares to seasons one and two, because season one was really extraordinary in my eyes, and I really want to see, I, I really, I have my, it's one I root for. Like, it's a show where, like, I want it to be good, because it's fun to write about good TV versus not so good TV. Um, and it'll be interesting. Oh, I need to actually follow up and see if, like, I'll be able to talk to anyone, but, you know, I feel like there are lessons that they definitely learned. Uh, hopefully learned from season two that will carry forward they've taken their time with season three so that's a good sign yeah uh how about you what's the next thing you're looking forward to i'm looking forward to two things liz okay i have to mention them both because they're both dear and dear to my heart and they're both premiering this week so it's my last chance to talk about them before they're out and then it's the best thing i've seen hopefully right um the path Season three oh. premieres on Wednesday. And you guys, like, I, I know you've heard me talk about The Path before. We yep. both have. Have we, you watched any of it? I have not watched season three yet, oh. which is um, going to be quite a binge this week since it comes out on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, I'm very excited for that watch because uh, The Path is such a strong drama. Um, honestly, you know, I, I can understand why it didn't put Hulu on the map, per se, when it was kind of its big drama debut when they were unveiling all their originals. But uh, it, it is absolutely worth your time and attention. It's uh, beautifully acted, and you've got Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, Hugh Dancy, a bunch of young kids who do a great job. Um, it, it's very modern. Uh, Jessica Goldberg always keeps this kind of honed to issues that pertain to the day. Um, and and it's, it's a beautiful character study. Like, there's a lot of elements that Jason Kadams as a producer brings to it, or at least the Jason Kadams mentality that, that Goldberg's kind of studied under and, and worked with that, that really work well for the show. Um, so I strongly encourage anybody who you know is a new subscriber to Hulu because of The Handmaid's Tale to check out The Path. You will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I have seen some of this. It's as good as ever. Everybody loves it. Get excited. Grace and Frankie season four premieres Yay! on Friday. Yay, Grace and Frankie! <sighs> Love Grace and Frankie. They're the best. Um, I don't think I need a big spiel because I no. feel like that's very popular. Um, but I, need to still, I still need to finish season three. I'm a bad person. It's great. You're not a bad person, Liz. You just are preserving little half-hour chunks of joy that you can consume now when you need them. That's true. Cool. So those well, are my picks. Good picks, Ben. And you'll be able to read all about them at more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And if you like listening to us, then you're going to love listening to the other podcasts, including Turn It On Podcast with the, I mean, the king of all podcasts, the the emperor, the the lord of and savior i mean i don't know he just he he's the man michael schneider yep. leading turn it on podcast um and then you've got of course the one that started all screen talk with eric Cohn and ann thompson you know the oscars are kicking into gear guys all the guilds are starting to release their winners the golden globes are done now's the time to pay attention to the award season in film um and then of course i mean i think it goes without saying at this point but you have to say it 
the filmmaker toolkit podcast is i mean an essential part of everybody's weekly life and it is essential because of both the hard work and then just natural charisma of chris ofalt the world's most wonderful man. I really want at some point this. At some point, I'm going to take, make a supercut of just all the different beautiful ways you've described Chris O'Fault, which grow more and more eloquent and more and more beautiful with each week. Well, that's because each week, Liz, both on and off the Filmmaker Toolkit podcast, Chris proves just how perfect he is as a human being. Like he, he covers so many different areas uh you know both professionally and personally he's funny he's smart he gets all the right stories he talks to all these people he puts it in the podcast in this fun exciting way he's crystal fault he's the man you realize he's married oh yeah okay there's no way there's no way he probably didn't make it past like 21 before somebody nailed <laughs> like, that like, guy like down. Lock it down yeah they're like this guy i'm not letting him go and i never will and no matter what it takes and he's <laughs> Uh, you know, he's obviously found the the woman of his dreams, and he's got you know, wonderful children. I mean, he's he's the man. He's just he's who everybody should strive to be. Uh, and with that said, you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T Travers. Actually, I don't know Chris's Twitter handle. Is C-O it Chris Fault? It's a CO Fault. You can yeah. find Chris at CO Fault. And <laughs> that's F A L T C O F A L T. And you can find Liz (laughs) (laughs) at Lizlet with an I and an E. That's correct. We will be back next week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you guys, keep watching television. 